Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Matthew Gavidia, Assistant Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. The ramifications of the COVID-19 pandemic has caused uncertainty among employers nationwide adjusting to this new normal. Notably, viable healthcare coverage has emerged as an essential necessity with employees seeking favorable benefits. A recent analysis by Willis Towers Watson indicates that individual markets, once characterized as volatile, have emerged as an option now associated with stability and growth. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with John Barquette, Senior Director of Policy Affairs and Benefits Delivery and Administration for Willis Towers Watson, on the current outlook of individual markets in private exchange solutions amid the pandemic. Welcome to Managed Carecast, John. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work? Sure. I'm John Barquette. I'm the Senior Director of Policy Affairs at Willis Towers Watson. And I work really closely with our business that runs private exchanges. Um, I do both policy work and product marketing. Can you discuss what are private exchange solutions and how they factor into consideration for employers? Yeah, private exchange is a, uh, a, a solution for employers that want to offer their employees or retirees uh, a choice of health plans, um, multiple different health plans, not just health products, not just an HMO and a PPO, but say uh, a product from Kaiser and United and Anthem and Cigna. Um, private exchanges are uh, very popular in the retiree uh, benefit space. Um, you know, hundreds of Fortune 500 companies have transitioned to uh, private exchange solutions for their Medicare eligible retirees, where the company gives the retiree, say, uh, $300 a month, and then the retiree goes and shops on the private exchange for an individual plan that the retiree enrolls in themselves. And now those types of plans, uh, those types of solutions are becoming more popular for early retirees and active workers who would enroll not in Medicare plans, but in individual market plans like Affordable Care Act plans. The individual and family plan market as well as Medicare plans saw continued stability in 2020. Can you explain what signals stability for these plans and how advisors should approach this funding? And sure, I can. Let me take a step back first and just tell, tell you why that's important for employers to understand. When you adopt a private exchange model, you're oftentimes moving away from group health plans and looking at individual health plans to be the products that stock the shelves of your health insurance marketplace for your employees and retirees. That's a huge sea change from a traditional employer-sponsored health benefit, which rely on group plans. If you're going to move to individual plans, the employer is saying, It's not my responsibility to design the health plans for my employees and retirees anymore. I'm leaving it up to say CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, to design Medicare Advantage plans and Part D plans and Medigap plans that my retirees are gonna enroll in. Or I'm leaving it up to um, the marketplace component at CMS or state departments of insurance to uh, credential and certify and qualify individual plans which are going to have to have sufficient benefits 
and sufficient consumer protections that are good enough for individuals and now in this new type of model, my employees. Um, so you're not really actually shopping with the, with the big national insurers anymore. You're looking at whatever insurance companies offer individual plans in the markets where your employees and retirees live. This is a new, there's lots of, there's hundreds of carriers in this market as opposed to five or six big nationals plus blues plans that participate in the traditional group health insurance market. So I'm, the reason why we look at the individual market from year to year and why you and I are talking about, well, what are the plans going to look like this year and in 2021 next year is because for employers who are leveraging a private exchange and leveraging individual market plans as the health insurance that their employees and retirees are buying, they have to become familiar with this new set of plans, these individual plans. And uh, they have to look over hundreds of plans to get a sense for, in general, are these plans premiums going up by a lot, by a little, or they, could be they be going down? They have to look at things like, are carriers leaving the market? Are they entering the market? Are they expanding their footprint within a market or within a state? Um, these are type of, types of things that employers who adopt private exchanges want to know year over year because they've taken a hands-off approach to actively managing what type of insurance their employees get access to. And instead of saying, we're going to make sure it's funded, we're going to give you um, a, a company subsidy so that you, your health plan is affordable, but you're going to go shop for coverage out in the individual market. And that's a, that's a long prologue to your question, uh, or to my answer to your question, because your question was, well, what's going on in 2020 and what can we look forward to in 2021? And we have to kind of separate it into Medicare and into um, individual and family plans, which is, the, the acronym for that is IFP plans. And IFP plans are the term that I use at least to encompass the individual market for non-Medicare health plans. So think ACA plans, Obamacare plans. Um, in Medicare, data that we've seen going into 2020 um, was, was, you know, it looks pretty good on its face. Um, average Medicare Advantage premiums declined 14%, while the number of plan choices per, per county was up 18%. That's, that's good, right? Premiums down, good. Um, plan choices up, also good. In the case of Part D, um, plan premiums also declined. Um, but we, there is a caveat here because um, slightly in the weeds, but there was a rule change which increased the out-of-pocket uh, catastrophic threshold for, for Part D beneficiaries. Uh, and that means that their plan benefits were a little less generous. So while premiums went down, premium, premium uh, the benefits were a little less generous. So that's kind of a, kind of a wash. Um, you know, Medigap plans too, that there was a chance that there could be some disruption as a couple of popular plans were phased out and a couple of newly popular plans were phased in, but that seems to have uh, gone about with minimal disruption as well. So on the Medicare side, going into 2020, things things went looked looked really good. Um, on the IFP side, this would be for active employees or early retirees. Um, again, 2020 was sort of a second year in a row of of signs of stability. I'm talking increased. Uh, carrier footprints, carriers moving into new states, or they're expanding the number of counties that they're offering coverage in within a state. That's a good sign. 
Um, 18 states saw a new carrier for the first time in 2020. That's great. Uh, 54 plans expanded their footprint. So that's really good. And then from a premium perspective, um, you know, premiums were uh, lower on average in the IFP market in 2020 than they were in 19. That's, you almost never see that, that premiums go down instead of going up. Um, and, and plans have continued to earn healthy margins. Um, and enrollment was steady in 2020. So overall, 2020 was a really good year in the individual market for health insurance. And it's something that employers who are considering private exchange options for their employees or retirees can now say, okay, that's two years in a row. This market is looking a little bit more robust, whereas, say, three or four years ago, the IFP market in particular was uh, was volatile, you know, with carriers pulling out and premiums going up a lot. The Medicare market has been stable for a long time, so that just sort of continues a trend of being a, a really solid place for retirees to, to go get coverage. To follow up on that, how has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted other sections of the individual marketplace? Are any benefit design plans seeing any particular variance in value? COVID-19 so far has led many insurance companies um, to announce that they're seeing much less care being sought by their beneficiaries. People aren't going to the doctor. They're not going to the emergency room. Um, they um, are trying to get prescriptions for say three months at a time so that they don't have to go to the pharmacy. And what we're seeing is insurers coming out and saying, um, we're seeing uh, record amounts of, of decreases in the amount of care that's being sought. Um, just today, in fact, today is June 4th when we're recording this. Uh, there was an article by Anna Matthews in the Wall Street Journal saying that uh, Anthem had announced that it would be providing rebates to its customers now, not, not waiting a year until rules kick in where they might have to do that. They're doing it now proactively because of how little care is being used. Um, it's the middle of the year, so we're not seeing plan design changes because of COVID yet. Um, many insurers have sort of raised their hand and said, we will cover testing at no cost sharing, even if it otherwise, other testing would, would result in cost sharing. Um, and I just think there's, in, in general, insurers are saying, whoa, um, you know, we expected to be paying out a lot more for care this year than we are. Um, what can we do to make sure that we are, um, on the one hand, keeping our beneficiaries safe um, by promoting things like telemedicine and other options that are available in their plans, but at the same time, making sure that they're getting needed care. Um, they want to make sure their beneficiaries know that um, certain financial barriers that they thought might be there aren't necessarily there so that people, you know, get the care that they need to keep safe. Recently, United Healthcare announced that they would re-enter the individual and family plan market. What implications may this have for insurers and for employers considering these plans? That was big news when United announced that they would be re-entering the IFP market, the individual and family plan market. Uh, I, when I first saw the news, it said that they were going to, to re-enter the market in Maryland. They had been there a few years prior, as I recall, um, or if I recall correctly. They pulled out of the market in the 2016-2017 timeframe, and then they announced they were going to get back in. Now, Maryland is just one state, um, but United Healthcare is a bellwether company, the largest insurer in the country. Um, they very publicly exited the market a few years ago. Um, 
that they're getting back in. And I've seen that they're, um, that they're getting back in in Maryland and also that they're getting back in in Washington state. And I think, you know, it wouldn't be surprised me to see that they were getting back in in a few other states as well. It, it, it has to be a positive sign that the largest insurer in the country is saying, well, we want to get back into these markets. It's, to me, it's a sign that they expect these markets to continue to grow. Um, and, you know, they, they hadn't completely left the market. They're in a couple of uh, states already today, Massachusetts, Nevada, I think one more as well. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'd put it really simply. When you see insurers entering markets, it means that they think that there's an opportunity uh, to win business and grow market share. And that's the sign of a, of a healthy market. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to hear um, that they entered more states uh, and also that other carriers are, are trying to go out and seek more business in this market. And that's a good sign for employers as well, because for employers, you know, they look at a move to the individual market through a private exchange. And this, one of the questions they ask is, are my employees going to recognize the plans that are available in the individual and family plan market? Or are they expecting me to offer uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield or United, Anthem, or Cigna, or Aetna? And, you know, Cigna has a big presence in the individual market. The Blues plans have big presences in the individual market. Um, now you have United getting back in, and Anthem has been getting back in as well. I think um, they re-entered Ohio last year for the first time, um, which really just leaves Aetna as, as the one uh, insurer, national insurer, that employees are used to seeing that I think they have a presence in a couple states, but is, have not made any major moves yet to get back in. But that, that's a good sign. I mean, these, are, these are all positive signs. I think you know, we'll have to continue to watch this year and in the coming years to see if um, they plan to offer um, their products in, you know, likely not every state, but in more than just a few states. That'll, but we're making uh, good progress here in attracting you know, all carriers to come back to this market. As the impact of the pandemic continues to be monitored by private exchange solution advisors, what factors play a prominent role in the ultimate projections? Well, I think that the first factor is just as the, is the underlying market for health insurance, is it stable? Um, are the companies profitable uh, and expanding or are they losing money and fleeing? You know, and so right now it looks like insurers are, are going to be more profitable than they ever imagined just because people aren't seeking care and they're looking for ways um, to make sure that their employees, excuse me, their beneficiaries and, and the, frankly, the, the health system um, is getting some of that, um, those extra dollars. Um, and, and the health system in particular, insurers are stepping up and playing a big role in providing some funding for providers who otherwise would be providing care for the beneficiaries but aren't right now because of COVID. Um, so, so far, at least with, with the stability of the market, I expect, um, I expect we'll see that insurers are, are more than capable of handling this and are going to come out next year with um, with products that are still affordable. We've seen some early signs. I think I've seen four states um, so far have released their initial filings uh, for um, that insurance companies have filed in the individual market uh, for 2021. 
and the rate increases have been very modest. Oregon said that the average rate increase was 2.2%. In DC, the most popular plan, which is a Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO, is going up 0.6%. In Washington State, they announced that um, two new carriers were coming into the market and that the average rate increase would actually be a decrease of 1.79%. And so just these early signs are that, that individual market carriers are not seeing or not expecting there to be a huge cost increase because of COVID. There's been talk of a second wave of COVID and of course we don't know if that's going to happen yet, but if it's does, if, if it does occur, then, you know, it'd be likely that that would just result in, you know, more foregone care or more delayed care. And again, I'm not saying that that's good. People need care when they need care. But from an insurer's perspective and a premium's perspective, it means that you know, we're likely not going to see increased costs in, in 2021. What further analysis are being considered by Willis Towers Watson on both COVID-19 related content and individual markets? So with respect to COVID-19, we are trying to provide our customers with the information that they need to get their businesses going again to um, to make smart employment decisions to help with, with the rehiring process. Um, my colleagues um, who work on that side of, of the world, you know, working with um, strategic planning, uh, with change management, uh, with HR consulting, and that's what they've been focusing on. On, on the health benefits side, um, we are trying to help employers figure out what changes they need to make to their health plans or to their health benefits uh, to make sure that their employees feel comfortable going to work and just existing day to day. When it comes to the individual market, I think employers are going to start to look at private exchange solutions um, now in a different way. You know, when, when you have 27 million people, or I don't even know what the numbers are up to now, it's, you know, tens of millions of people who lose their job because of a pandemic, with many of those people's insurance being tied to their job, that's a level of disruption that our healthcare system, you know, clearly is not set up to take. And solutions that involve the individual market have one advantage over our traditional health system right now in a time like this, which is that if you leave your, um, if you leave your job, you don't have to leave your plan. And if we design it right, if you leave your job and lose your subsidy that your employer provides for your employer sponsored insurance, um, we could set it up in such a way that um, the federal government could, could step in and provide tax credits then make sure that your plan remains affordable, even though um, you've lost your job. And I think that's the type of conversation we're having with not just employers, but lawmakers now to say, how do we design a system that is pandemic proof that doesn't lead to this type of disruption? And there are multiple answers, don't get me wrong. Um, But I do think that private exchanges that leverage the underlying individual market and can, can coordinate with public exchanges could be an intermediate solution um, for uh, future proofing against the next pandemic. And we'll continue to help employers look at, you know, what, whether or not their populations could benefit from moving to a private exchange solution that offers individual market plans. We run analyses to see if there might be 
um, a good deal out there for employers. It's not going to be the case for every employer, but for but probably for more employers than people think, the individual market could offer a really good deal. And um, you know, it's it's straightforward enough. We'd look forward to talking with any employer who might be looking to rethink their benefit strategy in light of the pandemic. Thanks, John. Hey, Matt, good talk to you today. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.